Welcome to Psychologically Speaking with me, Leela Ainge. This is a podcast all about human behaviour, weaving together fascinating research opinions and real-life experiences. I'll give you a psychologist's insight into how we behave in spaces we live and work in, and how they in turn shape us. This season, we're exploring my favourite topic: imposter phenomenon. So get comfy and let's dive into today's episode. Today's guest is Lucy Werner, probably best known as the founder of HypeYourself.com, an education platform to help build your brand and get it out there. Lucy has taught hundreds of entrepreneurs through workshops, resources and courses for creative spaces like The Future, Bayes Business School, Courier Magazine and the University of Arts London. Lucy is also the writer behind a top 100 business newsletter on Substack about self-promotion called Hype Yourself. With over 20 years of communications experience and the author of two best-selling books, Hype Yourself and Brand Yourself, she has been listed in the Alt Marketing Power 100, the Dots Rising Stars and Startup Magazine Female Founders to Watch. Lucy is a global Adobe Express ambassador and domestica instructor. So who better to join me for a conversation about competition and comparison against the backdrop of imposter phenomenon. Lucy joined me online from her home in France on a Saturday afternoon in January. And what you can't see is that she has a sleeping baby on her knee. And so we launched straight into this conversation whilst there was time on our side. Welcome to Psychologically Speaking, the podcast. Lucy. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a delight. I'm really chuffed that you said yes, because there was a blog post that you wrote on Substack back in November, and it was about the comparison book. And at the time I was um, scripting all of my episodes and I'd done a little solo piece on competition and comparison. And I read yours and I just thought, wow, that that is it in a nutshell, what I was hoping to kind of cover off with some of the bits. And I thought, well, if I can get you on, you can say it for yourself. And I think everyone will really resonate with with what you what you put. So I just wondered if you could tell us a little bit about what drove you to put that um, article out there, really, about comparison and and comparison in business as entrepreneurs. Yeah, I think um, we can quite easily lose our energy into places like comparison. And so for me, when I start to feel myself zigging towards a negative pattern I tend to zag in the opposite direction Mm -hmm. so if um there's a if there's something I'm annoyed about or I'm anxious about or I'm being asked about and I feel like I need to address that will quite often actually inform my content Mm -hmm. in that piece in particular I think around that time I was obviously very new to Substack I wanted to be more successful than I was. I There was definitely a feeling for me of sort of almost being, not quite the new girl at school, but like the new girl in school and the cool girls already had their gang. There's no space for other cool girls. Like, um, And I sort of realised that I've never really been that person who's in the cool girl gang anyway. And just to stick with what it is that I'm good at and what I'm good at doing and, sort of redirect the attention that way so that's what that piece was about um 
and it it kind of helps me as a reminder I guess to do that but also I think even for other people success is so subjective Mm -hmm. so I think it's helpful to share not just wins when I talk about like hyping yourself I don't ever just mean like sharing all the wins I think it's sharing Mm -hmm. all of the the lowlights and the highlights because it's relatable and people connect on that I think that's one of the things I've always loved about um, following you and following your journey is that you do all of that really nice stuff. And you feel to me like the person, a person I can just chat to, you know, I don't, I don't see you as being out of touch with where I am as a business and we're in very different places and do different things. And, and that relatability has obviously become part of your hype brand, I think. Um, so when I read articles like that, I just have a little moment where I go, I love that people talk about this. I, I don't know about you, but I often find that um, we don't talk about competition enough because it's almost like people I try and avoid talking about it and pretend it's not there. As in, oh, no, we're all a great gang. And especially in online communities, that feeling can be, oh, we're all there to support each other. But of course, competition exists. We're all in business, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think, but for me, it's there is the competition, but there's also, I guess, when it comes to products and services, and that's part of why I get people to hype themselves, is no one's you. Mm-hmm. So nobody... There's an example in that article that I gave that's in the book that I co-wrote with my husband. And in the article, we talk about what do you do if you're a butcher and then another butcher opens. And it's like, well, you can either beat them on price or you, so you keep cutting your prices. Mm-hmm. You can try and have the monopoly, but it's casually illegal. Um, or you just focus on your customer service and your product and what makes you you and just dig deep on that. And I think when we get worried about maybe someone's copied our brand colors or they've got the same strap liner as us. Like when I started out, there weren't that many kind of PR for small business or DIY PRs. And now I literally cannot move for PR experts on Instagram. Um, I seem to just, they all kind of come to me like moths to the flame. Um, <laughs> I mean, that will send me down a whole other rant as well. Cause I'm like, you're just a publicist, not a PR person. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, so for me, yeah, it's reminding people that actually to just dig deep on who you are and your personality and your uniqueness, because that's not replicable. Yeah, your copy yeah. could be or your colours could be, but your values that underpin your business can't be. Yeah, I mean, there's really interesting what you've just said there, because there's this thing with psychology around competition, which we call the proximity thing. And it's how close you feel in proximity mm. to your competitor. So if we go right back to when you said, oh, I was new to Substack and, you know, is there space um, for the new girl and are there other people already doing it? And Substack at the time was going, so Substack this year has been, and last year has been really interesting because mm. it's um, evolved really quickly. It's done lots of A-B testing on what works for its readership and there's loads of tools at our disposal. So um, loads of ways we can make those parasocial relationships work for us. And you can you can take your substack in loads of different directions, which is great. Um, but they do do things like, you know, um, I think there's badges that you can earn or you can be featured. So that prom- proximity is really brought into our foresight. 
and that thing you talk of around you know moths to flat people coming and you seeing more of people there's this thing like if you um if you buy a white car then when you go to a car park you're more likely to park next to a white car and also you're more likely to see other white cars just like your car so these psychological things sit there anyway just in everyday life but it's really interesting how that can come into our psyche yeah. as a business owner. And, and you know what? It's um, I, I, I think because it's probably worth just flagging. I'm on my like third maternity leave, so I don't have as much time to be doing work as I want to. So when I do show up, sometimes it's also a sense of people being too close to me. So yeah. I can sense when somebody's maybe not so much now, but. Um, historically I could sense when somebody had maybe gone through my Instagram follower list and replicated it or they've maybe searched where I've done a podcast and then they're now pitching themselves for all the same podcasts and I definitely have sort of said you know look at your peer group yeah um, and sort of research where other people are to get ideas Mm -hmm. but sometimes I definitely um, there's definitely one person in particular I'm thinking of who's not in PR, but is an ex for small business as well. Yeah. And I started sort of seeing like my rival on there, my editor on there, like literally it was almost everybody apart from the person that I first dated when I was 15 sort of thing. <laughs> um, and it was, it was really like, to me, I kind of wanted to be like, this cannot just be coincidence that all yeah. of these people from these different pockets of my life have now collaborated with you. This is, mm. this is obviously a purposeful thing and it made me feel really uncomfortable I can imagine I mean that that it gets right to the core of who we are and it's almost you know you the one thing that's really interesting about business is you it's difficult to replicate values and when you see that kind of behavior it becomes really it feels a bit incongruent doesn't it because you're going that person's almost kind of skimmed off the top of things that I've done and a strategy I've I've gone down, but perhaps it's not quite congruent. And I wonder how much success that will bring that individual in the long term. Actually. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. how I would look at that. I yeah. mean, and there are things that, I mean, we all do it. Like we all, I think there's a trend at the moment on Instagram where you have some like B-roll footage of yourself and then you say like your name, your age and some facts around yourself. And I'm almost, I'm deliberately not doing it because everybody (laughs) is doing it. But I'm like, somebody at some point did that Mm. and then it spread. And now that person's not getting credit for that (laughs) type of content anymore. And, you know, that's just the way it is. Like we, there isn't an original really there's no kind of original concept or idea but it's just that sense isn't it sometimes of not being not being in the gang or somebody being a bit too close to copying yeah yeah without giving the credit I see that's the thing isn't it because our social spaces have really encouraged us to copy so if you look at how I mean I'm not on TikTok but apparently things happen on TikTok and then like it comes over to Instagram where if you're not on TikTok, that's how you can be trendy yeah. and you can pick it up. And I know the reel you're talking about because it came onto stories before Christmas and I actually took part in that. And I very rarely have time to sit and grab things as they're trendy. So by the time I've caught on, it's like, oh, that's past, Leela. You know, you've <laughs> gone past it. Um, but there's one with um, cats at the moment and I've got an eight-year-old and he's just obsessed with looking on my Instagram feed to catch these cat memes that are coming up or whatever. So 
you can see how we're being encouraged because that behavior is rewarded on those sites and spaces if you do that bit of video with the cat or with the repeating i think at the moment it's short clips that repeat isn't it yeah yeah Yeah, i did like a mocking one the other day being like apparently i'm about to go (laughs) i'm about to be viral watch out Oh, I've not seen that one. I'll go and have it a It did perform well, actually, after I really like mocked myself on it. But <laughs> um, Another thing I wanted to chat to you about, and you just alluded to the fact you're on your third um, maternity leave. And um, I mean, I just think it's phen- phenomenal that you're still kind of working in, in business. And like you said, you've got this light touch approach that you're trying to do, which I can imagine has been a lot of hard work in the background to, to actually get to the point where you can set that up. And you're using Substack as a, a vehicle at the moment and you're creating a, a community or a space for people to hide themselves and, and, and get supported in that Substack space whilst also doing the whole mum thing, not just to a baby, but to three children, move to France, um you've had a shift in business priority so there's just a lot happened in the last 12 well it was 12 to 24 months really. yeah yeah how's that feeling right now you know my word for the year is slow yeah um and actually I had a friend last year who was like your word currently needs to be surrender and um, <laughs> slow is almost sort of the next bit from that and I just have to accept I can't do everything that I want to do. Uh And what I want to do is never the priority. So Mm. just as sort of a bit of backstory, I originally was working with the co-founder of my children. So we could be quite 50-50, whereas now he is in-house. He's still based from home. We sort of still sit. Actually, we don't sit in the same office space. He's now moved into the room next door and I'm I'm in the big office on my own. But he he has the priority. So I try and sort of put things in the diary for when I think he's got lunch breaks. Mm. Um, But equally, he travels at least once a month for a few days at a time, which basically knocks my week out. So he doesn't start work till 10 a.m. So I Tuesdays and Thursdays, I go to French class. And Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, I have from when I wake up till 10 a.m. French time. So it's like 9 a.m. UK time, which is basically useless to do anything with anybody in the UK. But that's my time to kind of get my writing done and mm. put my substack together. Um, I think, to be honest, I'd wanted to not have clients and move more into teaching and education mm. and speaking for a long time because with client work, you can't you can't ever switch off. Mm. Um, and I, it's not even just mentally like physically shutting the laptop. It's mentally I don't because you're really only as good as your last client. And getting press is so unreliable. You just don't know. You don't know if it's going to land or not. You don't know if another story is going to break. The news is super heavy at the moment. So it's not a great mm-hmm. place to be hanging around in anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I have this sort of relief. And actually, for me now, it's funny because I feel really confident in selling. And I'm kind of borrowing from Sarah Dalrymple's More Sales Please book, where I sell a little bit each day from my stories. Yeah. But to me, it's like, this is like the most affordable way to work with me. And I try and do something for every single person Mm -hmm. that comes on. And sometimes that's 
really helpful for them. It's rewriting a pitch and other times it could just be a restack or a repost. But I always try and give anyone that comes on something. Um, and even that's just inspiration from a more personal essay perspective rather than a PR prompt. So for me, it does feel probably the best value service that I've ever created. And on top of that, I guess a lot of the people who've come over with me have, have been following me for years. So mm-hmm. they're all really happy to support me. And so by proxy, they're people who want to support other people. So it's this sort of whirlwind effect that everyone's there shouting each other out. And actually this week, two of my paying subscribers have recommended me for paid for opportunities, oh, wow. which I was like, this is not what how it's supposed to be happening but thank you and I don't know if they're gonna happen but um I'm gonna have to definitely refund them if that does um but you and I were talking when I first got here a year and a half ago because historically I was living in a city where everything was accessed by foot and I only drove very rarely and if I did it was 20 miles an hour and now I'm in like rural France where everybody drives like an absolute maniac (laughs) again different type of proximity very close to what I would call my butthole when I'm driving <laughs> like, I'm just like please get just get a meter back from me I hate it because you feel like you're being sort of pushed along um and the car parks are teeny tiny and my yeah. you know my wheels on the other side because I we took over our English car and converted it and I remember you giving me some like words of advice about driving and I had this moment really in the last few weeks where because I hired a car in the UK and historically yeah. I never would have been the nominated hire car driver and I thought gosh you know 18 months ago I would not have gone out on my own because I wouldn't had the confidence to drive and I wouldn't have the confidence to speak French we don't need to be a psychologist to analyze that I have probably quite low self-esteem, low confidence, but I spend my entire life telling people to hype themselves. But actually, when it comes to my job, I can professionally, it's like my drag queen alter ego. I'm super confident. (laughs) I'm really good at what I do. I'm probably one of the best. I have no problems with saying that. Personally, I'm like, oh. I love that you say that. I think as well, when, when we spoke about driving in France, what came across for me was just how much change was happening and and the underlying anxiety around it. So I think we, I think probably my advice is along the lines of, you know, can you visualize and can you can you ground this in? Yeah, and kind of doing that journey and mentally rehearsing and preparing. Yeah. Probably and something like and that. you know what? It was funny. Like the more it went on, the more I realized it wasn't actually about my driving ability. Yeah. It was actually other people. Um, um, but actually here, I guess, I a lot of it's uncertain. I didn't know where mm-hmm. I was going to live. I didn't know if I was going to be able to speak. I didn't know if I was going to find any friends. And there's been a lot of learning, like a lot mm-hmm. of um, you know, driving more in difficult roads and hilltop roads and hairpins and sport. Like now, I'm like, oh, I picked the difficult car parking space today, right at the front. You know, when you go to the supermarket, and I used to always be one of those in the back ones, like where there's Mm -hmm. lots of space. I will walk as far as I can, as long as there's nobody parked (laughs) either side of me. I don't want any witnesses as I try and go in and out the lines 20 times. Like that was me. Whereas now I'm like, ah, I'm going to go right down the front. I can have witnesses. It's fine. So that for me, that's a huge change. But Part of that, I think, is actually learning to fall over in public a lot. Mm -hmm. And I guess when it comes to, you know, hyping ourselves, I've been doing it for two decades for other people. So, yeah, it's a bit of a mindset shift when you start doing it for yourself. And, of course, there was it did feel embarrassing when I first started doing it for myself. 
but I know it so well. I know how to put a pitch email together. I know how to pitch myself. And I will listen to myself on podcasts afterwards and media train myself on how to be better. Like, it's not a problem for me. Um, but, you know, speaking French in public or picking a difficult car parking space, they were like things that I really had to like wrangle with. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's that thing where we say, like, behave like a child, learn to do something new. Yeah, yeah. And actually, children are just falling over on their face mm. the entire time. And I know you see that on, like, Instagram reels. You know, it's normally some child performing a gymnastic stunt. But it's not even just that. It's, like, learning to write, holding a pen, saying your letters. Like, that's what I'm doing in oh, French. 100%. I just had this morning, I took my little one to a theatre class session. And um, he was dead excited to go um, during the week. And then this morning we could see his nerves setting in. And so we, we got there and it's just that little moment as mum where you, you leave your child in a space that you don't know. I've never been there before. And he just looks at me and I looked at him and I did the brave face. I went, I'll see you in an hour. And, uh, you know, we walked off, my husband and I, and had an hour to ourselves, which was amazing. But... I remember just thinking at that point, I went, God, this is exactly what's happening with my podcast at the moment. I'm out there recording. It's about to go live. And that's how I feel. I'm on that kind of cliff edge. It's like I've just got to push myself that little bit further. Mm -hmm. We experience these things all the time. It's just how much we admit it to others. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, I remember when I put my eldest, he's six now, but we put him into – so he would have been four when we got out here. So the the – in UK, he would have already been in school. Here, he almost sort of goes back down to crash in a way. Mm-hmm. But I remember sending him in, and there was no other English speakers in the class at that time. So I was basically sending him into a room where he couldn't speak. Mm. And I just thought, I can't even do It's taken me 18 months. Like today, I actually went out on my own with my eldest this morning. Probably actually because in my back pocket, I know he's got my back now because he's fluent. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But, but we were at McDonald's and he didn't have his toy and he like told me what to say in French so I could go and say there's not a toy in his Happy Meal sort of thing. Um, but I was thinking, yeah, like historically, I wouldn't have just popped out on my own and done mm. all these things. And it's, you know, they almost inspire, my children inspire me with how how much they took on and how well they took it on. Um, so I definitely think I've got, thicker skin still don't have the thick skin mm. that I aspire to have but no keep working on it I think there's the I think the enthusiasm and the love for what you do and and I'm going to come back to Sarah again so we're talking about Sarah Dowerimple and she is just one amazing woman I I did an Instagram live with her a few years ago and it was just one of my favorites and one of the things that Sarah really talks about is if if you're not passionate about what you're selling then people won't want to buy it you know and and just to to lean into that and I think some of that comes from practicing it comes from practicing just even saying what it is you need to sell and and how you want to sell and how you want to communicate those things and Sarah's books landed I've not I've not read it yet but it arrived I'm I'm in it oh it's It's good you know what I mean so my sort of favorite personal branding hero is RuPaul from RuPaul's Drag Race and they also sort of say the same thing which is you know if there's somebody making a mistake in a dance Mm. or acting it's like just have a good time because when you have a good time 
we have a good time with you. And the reality is, I think part of it is because we have seen a lot of online scuzzy selling and we don't want to be like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas for me now, I think it's so funny because I can kind of look back and see where I've really gone wrong in selling some of my services. And actually, if I took the approach I'm doing now, where it's just a little bit every day, I know what will land and what won't now. And not in a sleazy way. Like yesterday, I was like, I'm at 199. Can I get to 200 overnight? I knew it would not do, it wouldn't do that because that's not what that content is. It was more just sort of factual. Um, I think the big difference that Sarah's taught me as well, and it's a very British thing, we kind of sort of oversell, like for 10 pounds, you're going to get this, 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 and this. And it's too much. And then people start thinking, well, it's got to be a bit rubbish then because it's so cheap for all of this <laughs> It's stuff. that justification that we feel yeah. that we have to do around it's ourselves. why we lost Brexit. Like, it's actually, no, just, and, and I see people now, they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm a coach and I specialize, specialize in mindset and wellness. I'm like, I have no idea what that means. Whereas if somebody goes, oh, I help um, women with imposter syndrome when it comes to returning back to work after maternity leave. I'm like, yeah, totally get what you're doing. And I think it's that subtle shift in just saying, it's not claiming I've got the cure for all your emotional problems, but I know that a lot of my audience struggle with like confidence or knowing what to say or how to pitch or who to pitch to or accountability or time. So I know that coming onto my Substack, for example, could be a way to address those things because I can nudge you through those. By just spending a bit of time talking to you I like in that space the things that you you've done that have created um you know what we call psychological safety so the fact that that space is is a place where people can be themselves and they can say what they're worried about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's no you don't have to pretend I mean I'm sure there are people who don't say what is exactly on their mind and that's a relationship and a trust that will develop but certainly you can see for people who've been on that journey. And you said, you know, people have come across, and I'm recognising in that space, people who have been around you and supporting you for a long time. And you can see that that, that trust exists. And that is such a lovely thing. And that, yeah. that hasn't happened overnight. It's been a lot of hard work. No, that's like for five years. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's it, isn't it? When When we see that replication happening out and around us, you know, it's just holding firm with our belief that we are unique in, in who we are. And, and you know, no one person has got the answer to everything, I know, I know. what you've just said. And, and actually, it's sort of leaning into that. I'm like, what is what does make me different? Well, I've written two books, and I've got the prompt yeah. cards. And so actually, a lot of the stuff's around that and recycling stuff. I was like, I don't need to create something new. I, I've already got it. I just can repackage it in a way yeah. that's more digestible. Yeah, I think one of the really interesting things is just how uncertainty plays into um, those experiences of, of, of imposter for women. And, you know, uncertainty does a couple of things for us because it, it leans into this kind of phenomenon that coexists with imposter, which is imagined audiences. And so it was really interesting at the beginning. You said, oh, I, I, you know, I've got a person in mind when you were thinking about the competition and we do a couple of things here. Either we've got some particular people in mind and that prevents us from then talking because we think, what would they think and et cetera? Or 
those people, we haven't defined who they are. It's just this big, ambiguous kind of group of people out there that we might be selling to or talking to. One of the things I love about your writing is that, you know, I feel that when I read what you're writing, that it's for me, it it resonates. And that's a real skill. I I really admire that in, in the work that you do. I don't actually know how I have that, but thank you. <laughs> I think it's practice. I think it's practice, and I think it's the fact you're comfortable in your own skin as a writer. Um, you know, you don't write two books by chance, do you? I suppose. <laughs> um, I'd written down a few prompt things on here around competition and comparison, and I wondered whether you had any views on comparison on ourselves and our younger former selves. So this is just kind of like one woman to another, I suppose. And this idea that in the research, speaking to to women, it was really interesting because a lot of the imposter narratives out there are all about, oh, yes, women compare themselves to other women and it's unhealthy. Well, social comparison theory, you know, we know it's really helpful. We wouldn't get through life unless we compared ourselves to other people. How do you thrive and strive to be the best you can be without looking at what the competition are doing? So, you know, comparison and competition are there, you know, and let's not ignore them. But the interesting thing in the research was how women reflected on how they compared themselves against themselves from an earlier version. I I just wondered, you know, maternity is like a really interesting, I found that an interesting space for for me um, in terms of growth. But do you have any reflections on on yourself and your former self? You've mentioned a couple of times today, or, you know, I used to be, or I'm now this, but any ideas or thoughts on that in terms of comparison? Do you know, I, I actually, I think my comparison is quite a positive experience. Mm. Um, I think in part because with my second birth, as you know, um, but yes. some of your audience might not, um, my second child was born with four like quite complex and rare well three were complex and rare one was a whole um congenital heart defects um in his heart um and so it was a bit touch and go Mm -hmm. for a while there with him um and still is not to the same degree but it's something that's always there so I guess that changed um my relationship with myself and my relationship Mm -hmm. with other people and uh, taught me a lot about how I deal with resilience and um, adversity and also in my relationship with Adrienne as well one mm-hmm. of the things that comes up a lot at Great Ormond Street was how parents I think there's something horrific like 40% of parents or something ended up getting divorced if they'd had a child in for as long as we had our child in you know yeah so actually kind of healing and growing together from that experience so for me it's almost not before and after motherhood it was almost before and after 2019 because that was like this sort of year so I do I guess I almost berate myself a bit more now in a way if something like comparison is affecting me because I'm like for Mm. goodness sake you've gone through this but I also use that to, to serve me as a reminder which is like when I look back at that time yeah on my phone Outside of like hospital photos, I've got Instagram posts that I was sending out all the time. So I still had this hype, hype, hype the whole time. Mm-hmm. I was still showing up and still doing it. And I just thought, gosh, you just, 
no one could have had any idea how I didn't even let anybody in the room to come mm. and see him let alone show it on my stories like I didn't even let anybody physically into that space for months um so <laughs> it's kind of once we come out of ICU and we were in a different ward I did then but I didn't when it was at the most dangerous part and so I think it's kind of funny actually that um I I look back now and I think oh gosh actually I didn't um <laughs> yeah the other baby's popped in so late now I didn't I didn't really realize how much I was showing this shiny gloss on the outside like I was wearing lipstick and makeup every day to the outside world it, I looked so together and so when I look at other people and the success that they've had or the things that they're doing I try to remind myself look you had all this going on mm. you have no idea what they've gone through or what's going on whilst they've got all of those successes and would you swap the card of hands that you've, card of hands, oh. the hand of cards that you've been yeah. dealt, probably not. And we see it quite a lot with, once we start to really unpick successful, whatever that looks like, people, famous people, mm. you know, you see it all the time, famous people have horrible like lives in some ways. Like their mental health really struggles. They can't tell someone genuinely wants to be their friend. They're constantly yeah. worried about what they're doing, what they're saying. Are they going to get cancelled? You know, so, and what we're doing on online businesses is only, you know, it's like... It's the tip of an iceberg, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So it's not the same at all, but it just... Um, I think it just sort of reminds me, really, that you just never really know what's going on behind closed doors. So I don't... The motherhood piece, it's not so much that. It was sort of the, yeah. the motherhood and the crisis. I like what you said about how it's an anchor point. It's an anchor point of reflection, but in a really positive way. And um, I actually, my when I had Mikey, we, we had a bit of a traumatic start and he was in, in NICU, but I mean, it wasn't, we went there for a long, long time, thankfully. But I actually went on to work and launch a maternal mental health service after that. And it really it really influenced how I saw the way in which women transform and, and go through changes. Yeah. Um, so what, what you're saying is, re is really interesting to me for, from that perspective. Yeah, I, I think NICU's a club that once you've been in it, yeah. you don't, it's this sort of secret club. Once you say, oh, I've been in NICU, everybody yeah. knows exactly what you're... And, and similarly, I, I think during that time, if I look back through my phone, I mean, now I get lots of, I've got an Apple phone. My yeah, Apple yeah, so you get the memories. Up, it brings up all these memories and I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I was so together at that point. And why? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I remember I had this really horrible thing with my wrists where I had to have um, injections in both wrists. I'd got repetitive strain and my baby had been um, tube fed. So you know, his digestion wasn't great. I felt like I was always feeding and then, you know, it was constant changing. There was all that was happening in the background, but yet these photos look great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. you're like, gosh, my eye makeups, my eye palette never looked yeah. better. Whereas I look now and I've hardly got any photos because we're, we're just kind of, I'm active, act, probably more active in that now than yeah. being a, what I call a bit of a passenger to it is how I felt that during that time. But yeah, no, it's just interesting, isn't it? How we all have very different types of ways of looking at it. The the reflection that women go through and, and, and how that comparison can be centered around self, I think is more interesting than 
thinking about um, comparison with, with other women. And I think that's something that's really useful for us to kind of hold on to when we're thinking about when we experience an imposter feeling mm. is, is to kind of go, well, what's making us uncomfortable? Is it because it's jarring against who we think we are or might be? Or is it like you, you've you just kind of today gone through loads of self-reflection points, which are all advantageous to you because you're going, oh, right, well, I've reflected on that. I can use that. And actually, I can use that to strive to be better or to do this or to do that. Um, so I think when it's used really well, that that can come round. I just wanted to say a huge thank you for coming on today because you are sat there with the cutest child. Because <laughs> I, I can see myself on camera. I can see her like looking at yeah. me now. She's waking up like, what are we doing? <laughs> and um, it She's... is a weekend. And I mean, I've chucked my child out of the house, but your children are very much with you. So I really appreciate you taking right. the time to chat. It's to fine. Adrienne got all week. So I, can, I was like... <laughs> Um, just want to say thanks and um, what I will do is I'll pop on all your details into the show notes um, but you do have a sub stack yeah, um, so, sorry I've wanked on about that quite a, day, quite a bit at the moment well, I think you should because it's, it's a value it's a great space actually I, I love your writing it's really accessible and and easy to to kind of digest so I think everyone should go and read it <laughs> thanks. not biased at all <laughs> no who wants subjective exactly Thank you, Lucy. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. I hope you learned something new, or perhaps I've given you a new way to think about what you experience. A quick reminder that rating and reviewing all the podcasts you love really does help other people find them, which is especially appreciated by independent podcasters. For more psychological insights, you'll find all the ways you can connect with me in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Psychologically Speaking with me, Leela Ainge. Bye for now.